0: Warning, what follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. I'm Zach. Welcome to We're In Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. Yeah.
1: All right, so tonight yeah. or today. Yes. Whenever you're listening to this podcast,
0: it's nighttime for us. Yes.
1: Uh, But first, I'm going to have to get into some history here,
0: which, you know, we we do. What? History? Oh, I hate that talk. Yeah, no, we're going to have to talk about some history.
1: And uh, like all episodes in uh, our past, you don't have any idea what I'm talking about yet.
0: I have zero idea what is about to happen to me. So, yeah, let's... Just go ahead and get into it
1: I'll just give you a quick breakdown here We're gonna talk about Brownsville, Texas
0: Okay, I'm in, let's
1: do it We've talked about it a little bit before in previous episodes Have we really? Yeah, a little uh, cult of satanic oh, Narcotic dealers All right. Also operated in this area Okay But that's not what we're talking about tonight I found some new fun stuff that we're gonna get into Fun stuff? Oh, it's fun <laughs> Great So um, <clears throat> Fort Brown, originally named Fort, Texas, was established in 1846 as the U.S. military post in Texas. Brigadier General Zachary Taylor arrived at the site in March 1846 to occupy the terrio- territory that was claimed by both the United States and Mexico. Uh, this is all t- going to be taken from History and Hauntings of Fort Brown, Texas from legendsofamerica.com. Love it. Uh, So, the initial fort was an earthen fortification constructed by Taylor's troops, and it was called Fort Texas, like I said. Yeah. When Taylor marched a large portion of his troops to Point Isabel, not Port Isabel, Mm. he left a garrison under the command of Major Jacob Brown to guard the fort. Jacob Brown. Mm Mm-hmm. Taking advantage of the situation, the Mexican army uh, attacked the fort. Ah. Mm Mm-hmm sending part of their force to engage the main portion of Taylor's force as it returned from Point Isabel. However, Taylor defeated the Mexicans at the Battle of Palo Alto on May 5th, 1856, and at uh, Resaca de la Palma the next day.
0: Yeah, I said that right. You did. We'll Close enough. It. I'm taking it. I'm taking it.
1: These engagements were the first battles of the Mexican-American War. Oh shit! And the most battle, Morse. Uh, whoa! Most important battles of the war fought on U.S. soil. Following these defeats, the Mexican army fled back across the Rio Grande. The fort was renamed Fort Brown in honor of Major Brown, who was killed in its defense.
0: Ah, oh, poor guy.
1: Yeah, you know. So the Mexican-American War was. A war that was over disputed lands in Texas. Uh, that was part of the big push for the United States in the mid-1800s, which was a uh, goal of westward
0: expansion. Manifest destiny. Manifest freaking destiny. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's that's kind of breaking down the whole Mexican-American war
0: very plainly. But We got things to do. That's it.
1: We're... Uh, yeah, we can't cover that
0: whole, that's, no. you know,
1: you take a whole course on that.
0: It's a whole th- war, it's a whole thing.
1: Yeah. So, a decade or so later, Texas, let's see, another war return. What? Yeah. Um, so, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about this location more specifically a little bit here. And this comes from the Texas State Historical Association, Matamoros the port of texas during the civil war. Uh, at the beginning of the American Civil War, Matamoros in the state of hmm Tama- nope Tamulipas. that doesn't sound Let's like do how you it. Say that. It sounds perfect. But it's in Mexico. Oh, okay. Was simply a sleepy little border town across the Rio Grande from Brownsville, Texas. It was sleepy? It was a small town.
0: Dig it. Okay. Prior to the Civil War. Got
1: it. It was located about 30 miles up the river from the Gulf of Mexico. It had for many years been considered a port, but was visited by relatively few ships. Yet within four years, uh, because of its proximity to Texas, Matamoros was to assume stature as a port, multiply inhabitants by many times over, and be the subject of the following observation in 1865. Matamoros is to the Rebellion what west of the Mississippi what New York is to the United States. What? Mm-hmm. It's great commercial and financial center, Holy feeding shit. and clothing the Rebellion, arming and equipping, furnishing its materials of war and a specie basis of circulation that has almost displaced Confederate paper. The entire Confederate government is greatly sustained by resources from this port.
0: Holy shit.
1: In four years, the cotton trade brought together in Baghdad and Matamoros. It's a different Baghdad, obviously. Got it, yeah. Over 20,000 speculators from the Union and the Confederacy, England, France, and Germany. Every house in Matamoros was occupied and rents were enormously high. A store building that formerly rented for a few hundred dollars commanded thousands. Huh. In mid-1800s, that's a... That's a lot of money, man. Yep. So, obviously, during the Civil War, such an important area for the Confederate Army. Who's Whose attention did that grab? The Federalist Army huh. of the U.S. They were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah,
0: what? <laughs> yeah, excuse me? Yeah, they're
1: what? like, well, nope. You can't be doing all what that you doing? over there. What are you doing? Wow.
0: I mean, that's pretty far south of the Mason-Dixon, but you know what? We're all still America, so how about you not fucking do that? Well, they weren't at the time. Well, the, the Union thought. They, Mr. Lincoln Correct. said they never seceded. Correct. I'll take the Illinois boy. Mm-hmm. Born in Kentucky, it's fine. It's fine.
1: But the Federal Army would lead a campaign of very successful blockading of the Confederate trade ports. After Union forces uh, would, after the Union forces would blockade all that, they would head inland to Brownsville, Texas. Uh, Brownsville was being used as a port of sorts. Goods would be moved across the border to Matamoros, just across the river. Got it. So, you know, Confederate lands. Yeah. Mexico is a neutral state at this point. Correct. Correct. So they're using Brownsville as a port, um, where Matamoros would become the real port, and all the goods would be moved th- to neutral ports along the Mexican coast. So, like I said, yes, the federal army not not fond of that. No. So their blockade, uh, the blockade was very successful. And blockade running for the conf- Confederate Army became, like, romantic. Like, you're a blockade runner, like,
0: oh. Right, you're, oh, you got, you got some got some cojones. Yeah,
1: exactly. Eventually, the Federals showed up, though, with about 6,000 troops. That's... Compared to the uh, 150 that were stationed in Brownsville uh, in the fort. Yikes. So 6,000 to 150...
0: Hmm.
1: You got any thoughts on what the Confederates did?
0: Well, knowing the Confederacy, well, that's tough. Did they decide to just go out in a blaze of glory or did they just leave? They left. I, <laughs> I was going to say, knowing the Confederacy, I bet they left.
1: But they did start a blaze. Did they? Of sorts, yeah. What did they do? Oh, well, it was literally a fire.
0: They said that. Ford on fire? Well, yeah, pretty much. Burn the shit so the Yankees can get it?
1: Yeah. So that's more on point. Got it. So while the Union advances, they burned all the supplies <laughs> and loot the town of Brownsville.
0: Whoa, they looted the town? Oh, yeah. You know what, man? You
1: 150 know- guys. Well, God. What were you going to say? What do you got?
0: No, I was just going to say rude things about the Confederacy. So mm. it's fine. It's fine. You all know, right. it's a good organization, the Confederate States of America. Yeah. Great job, guys. But so.
1: Good ideas. (laughs) So they, uh, they loot on their way out. Yeah. And the Confederate looting was so bad. Oh, my God. The town leaders actually turned to a Mexican general that was currently in exile in the U.S. to try and resist the looters.
0: What a piece of shit. Fuck all those guys.
1: At this point, uh,. France had invaded Mexico and installed a oh, shit. puppet general, or emperor, Maximilian. But that's not what we're talking about either.
0: No, but <laughs> also, good topic. Yeah. You got me.
1: I'm do, here. Do you know that Mexico was French at one point?
0: <sighs> kind of. Not really. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Do you know what Europe does? Yeah. that—that's I mean, what it does. Yeah that's, yeah, that's. what Europe does. The fact that you can say, "Did you know Mexico is French kind of <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Europe.
1: Uh huh. I got it. All right. Yeah. Yep. But, but anyways. But, yes. Not what we're talking about. No. Um. So civil war though. Yes. Big deal. Very big deal. Kind of a big <laughs> deal in this country of ours.
0: Yeah, it's almost like it never ended. Hey. Yeah. hey. Well, eh, Hot I don't know
1: about that. Go on. <laughs> but uh, Go on. Later in the war, though, there was another battle in Brownsville. Okay. This was called the Battle for Palomito Ranch. Okay. So I'm going to read you a little bit more of that. Please do. And this was a better written article. So when I find well-written articles about these things, I like to... Use them absolutely as much as we can. So this is I hear that. An article called End of an Error. Ooh. And it was in the Texas
0: Texas Observer.
1: East of Brownsville, an unassuming patch of ground hosted the final pointless battle of the Civil War. Jeez. So it was with So it was with an unremarkable patch of salt prairie to the east of Brownsville. Where on May 12th and 13th, 1865, Mm -hmm. a Union advance was beaten back by Confederate artillery fire. About 800 troops were involved at what became called the Battle of Palmito Ranch. Fights for the otherwise useless ground were common during the American Civil War. Oh my God. But the Battle of Palmito Ranch stands out for several reasons. For one, this is what gets me. Okay. This will, I think, get you. Okay. For one, it took place 34 days after Robert E. Lee surrendered the army of Northern Virginia.
0: Oh, my God.
1: 29 days after Abraham Lincoln's assassination.
0: Oh, my God. He's already dead.
1: In other words, about a month after the war had effectively ended. (laughs)
0: It's a complete waste of time. (laughs) Everything's over. Yeah. Oh, God, man. They didn't have the internet.
1: Nope, they didn't. Perhaps uh, the greatest irony of Palmeida Ranch was the final land battle of the Civil War was fought in Texas, a teenage state whose relationship with the Confederate states of America was, was never especially strong and whose role in the four-year conflict was mainly logistical.
0: The ultimate waste of time. Yeah. Come and, on. It's just the ultimate waste of resources, time, and human lives. Human
1: lives, I think, is the important part to focus on. He,
0: that's what a good person would focus on.
1: Yeah. So, curious about the largely forgotten spot east of Brownsville and its status as an unlikely footnote in American history. This is from the author. Yes. I went to visit the property one day in the company of Wilson. I'm going to butcher this name. Give it a shot. Bergie. Is it French? It looks it looks like bourgeoisie, my, and it's half the syllables. Okay, so I'm gonna say bourgeois.
0: It'll do something like that. I'm gonna take it.
1: An easygoing IT technician and ex Navy man who also happens to be the chair of the Cameron County Historical Commission, which is that's cool where this is located. Uh, but bourgeois, bourgeois,
0: it's tough. It's rough.
1: Bergeau, we're going to go with that, Bergeau That sounds good That sounds better than whatever the fuck I was saying
0: before (laughs) You're fine (laughs) Bergeau You're right, it's all good
1: Pointed to some trees that concealed the north bank of the Rio Grande Those small rises over there That's where you had the first skirmishing, he said Then turned toward the open field to the east Now that, he continued, was where the Confederates were coming on the road from Brownsville as you see, there's no cover. The Union had to stay hiding in the chaparral, which I looked up because I was very confused on like, what that ah, was. I was
0: like, it's a it's a berm, right?
1: I had ideas from context clues, and I kind of figured it was brush, Okay, small trees, and that's what it was. Nice. It's like a bunch of brush that you don't really want to walk through, but it's not higher than like eight feet, so like you can see most things through it.
0: Okay. So, words are fun. Words are fucking great sometimes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But uh, then the Confederate artillery came out and rained hell on the Union. Yikes. Again, from the author's perspective here, a modern uh, observer can, in fact, easily see how the rebels won this final engagement of the war. (laughs) The battlefield has remained practically untouched since 1865 because its value as farmland Or anything else is virtually nil. This
0: place is garbage. (laughs) It's just a field. (laughs) What are we doing? Yeah. What did they do?
1: Uh, It sits today square in the middle of South Texas refuge complex managed by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service and is further protected under National Register of Historic Places. Cool. Texas can therefore boast not just the scene of the war's conclusion but an unusually well-preserved battlefield unobscured by marble obelisks or waffle houses
0: (laughs) because it's useless this guy's just digging in he really (laughs) wants to stab this whole situation Mm -hmm. he really hates everything that happened
1: yeah so bergeot is a methodical historian who wrote a master's thesis on palmito ranch and once walked every inch of the battlefield with his legs tied together with a two-foot cord so to maintain the exact stride of 19th century infantrymen. I don't don't um, know where that comes into play.
0: I got questions. I I had
1: enough on my plate that I couldn't look into that.
0: God, I'm so glad you did because that's nothing we have to talk about right now. Nope. But we're not going to talk about it. Nope. What the fuck was he doing? All right, all right, go on. I don't know. I don't know what... What is How does logic? That, you can't just walk like that you have to tie your feet together? Anyway, I mean was their stride only two length, two feet? Why well, assume like if you have all like, your gear there's a specific way you're supposed to walk. I don't know. Or is Th- this he, is why I didn't look into it. Is he imagining game? two guys around him so he like he can't walk any further? I mean, we're right to put this in the trash bag. We're gonna yeah, talk about just, this.
1: We're gonna move on from that. Yep, we are. He is also waging a campaign to celebrate the upcoming sesquicentia whoa hello sesquicentennial with the huzzah it deserves w- this article is written in 2015 so uh, okay. yeah 2015 so okay. that'd be the 150 Got it. year anniversary um a symposium and a battlefield ceremony have been planned i left this in for reasons it's
0: i'm sure you did yeah i'm excited because i was going to cut a lot of this but i'm all in it's good. I love the info. And, yeah, it. and it
1: brings a lot of things back together here. But uh, a symposium and a battlefield ceremony have been planned, but the gov- governor's office declined a gubernatorial appearance. Hmm. And the Fish and Wildlife Reser- or Service said no to uniformed reenactment.
2: Whoa! Too
1: much possibility of introducing invasive plant v- species via horse dung, according to the ages- agency. So the reenactment will take place on Ursaat's battlefield behind a former shopping mall called Amigoland on the other side of Brownsville. Perhaps the small-scale remembrance is appropriate because the slaughter was wholly unnecessary to begin with and was almost certainly hatched as a vanity project by a headed Union colonel eager for some 11th-hour valor and undiscriminating, undiscriminating about where to pick that fight. Jesus Christ. So that's why I left this in, because it's not a battle that anybody should be really proud of. Like, because I'll get more into it. Sure. But it, but, was, it was the official, or it was the very last battle of the Civil War.
0: Yeah, it sounds like some guy just, and then he fucking lost. Oh, yeah. We're, the Union well, lost. We're, we're about All to right. get into that. All right. <laughs> Idiot? Goddamn (laughs) goddamn idiot? Mm -hmm. Wasting time and lives and just, oh my God.
1: Mm -hmm. You ready for this?
0: Sounds like the union to me. That's a country I know.
1: A 30-year-old Minnesotan named Theodore Barrett had been given command of the 62nd Regiment of the U.S. Colored Troops, composed of free blacks and former slaves, in order to stand guard along with a regiment of Indiana soldiers on Brazos Island, at the mouth of the Rio Grande. There wasn't much to do on Brazos Island in the spring of 1865 except count the days and swap mosquitoes. Oh my god. The war's end was a certainty. An unwritten truce along the Texas coast had already been brokered by Union General Lew Wallace. So We're done. Texas is done. Yeah. They were never really that into it, anyways.
0: No, it's not even a it's barely a state at this point.
1: On May 11th, Barrett ordered a detachment to the mainland to round up cattle. For reasons unexplained yet to this day, those troops began marching towards Brownsville, Mm. where they encountered a line of Confederate cavalry. Mm. Shooting started early on the morning of May 12th, and Union soldiers advanced slowly through the gunfire to a ranch where they burned the buildings and made camp. Jesus Christ. Word of the skirmish reached the rebel commander in Brownsville. A leathery, former Indian fighter named John Salmon...
0: Why did I say that like that? Salmon. (laughs) Welcome to my hell.
1: John Salmon Ford, who as a Texas Ranger had earned the nickname Rip.
0: Whoa! For
1: signing so many death notices with the initials R.I.P., he was also... (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Uh huh.
0: <laughs> that just becomes your name. Wow. Rip. Yikes. Wow. Yeah. Who cares if you pronounce his last name? Because it was Rip. Jesus.
1: He was also a frontier newspaper editor
0: who loved a good brawl. He's a newspaper editor who loves to fight. <laughs> that night,
1: his uh, that night at dinner, his commanding officer, J.S. Slaughter. <laughs>
0: Stop <laughs> Slaughter Yep Oh my god That's no one's real name His first two names are initials What the f- What the hell Well that's the
1: part that confused me Because I got J.S. Slaughter But then it seems James Edwin hmm.
0: You know what I've learned about old timey names It doesn't matter It doesn't make any sense Yeah But if his last name is Slaughter That's a big deal Either
1: way his name's Slaughter Oh Jesus That was the one part that was clear about everything <laughs> So, Slaughter told him he saw no point to resisting the Union advance, preferring a retreat to the interior to prevent useless bloodshed. So, Slaughter doesn't want to Slaughter.
0: Slaughter is like anti who he is. He's like, I ain't doing this. He's like, been there, seen it. Been there, lived it. Over it. Pardon me. We're done. Isn't there a truce? Like we all we all agreed this was bullshit, right? It's like a gentleman's agreement. Can you imagine being in the outskirts of a war where both sides are just like this is kind of bullshit, right? Yeah, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> we're both okay.
1: <laughs> so, they'll figure it out. Copies of the New Orleans newspaper, the Picayune, containing news of Lee's surrender had made their way to Brownsville, though no official orders had yet materialized.
0: Cuz everything takes so long.
1: Yep. You can retreat and go to hell if you wish, Ford told Slaughter, according to books by historians oh my God. Jeffrey Hunt and Philip Thomas Tucker. These are my men, and I am going to fight. I have held this place against heavy odds. If you lose it without the, without a fight, the people of the Confederacy will hold you accountable for a base neglect of duty. The Confederacy no longer exists. <laughs> We're going to continue on because... Of course. (laughs) That's not what we're debating at this point. Is it worth pausing for a moment to consider why... This is, again, the author's thoughts, not mine. Sure. Is it worth pausing for a moment to consider why Ford cared so much about Brownsville, lodged as it is at the very bottom of Texas? I already covered a little bit of this, but we'll get into it. Please do. It might have been an unremarkable dot... On the grasslands, except for the critical geographic advantage as a trade link to Mexico. The the U.S. Navy had set up offshore perimeters around Charleston, Norfolk, Savannah, Galveston, and most other ports, choking off revenue-generating exports of cotton and tobacco to Europe. The blockades had been some of the most successful military endeavors in American history up to that point.
0: Of course they were.
1: And they had destroyed the southern economy, which was... Dangerously reliant on cash crops. It's, oh God. Confederate blockade running. I already said this too.
0: It's okay. I'm I'm here. It was, I'm all in.
1: While romantic made barely any difference. Got
0: it. What's that the loser struggle fighting against all odds? Yeah, I mean, it's or, a good story. It is a good story.
1: You know. Unless
0: it's on this side. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You he didn't make it, guys. Yeah. It's a bad call.
1: So, um, Brownsville, however, offered easy access. I'm going to go into more detail of what I already said earlier. That's but okay. to we're going to really nail it down. So you Please guys do. get under, you understand where I'm coming from here. Uh, Brownsville, however, offered easy access to the wide open Mexican city of Baghdad, a grimy port that had sprung up to meet the struggling demand, or smuggling demand. Struggling smuggling demand, possibly.
0: Both are involved.
1: Mm-hmm. Both are true. The Federal Navy could not touch it because of... Uh, in Mexico. Local profiteers, including Richard King and Mifflin Kennedy of King Ranch fame. I don't know what that means.
0: We're not going to dive down that hole.
1: Got rich shipping mile-long wagon trains full of cotton to Brownsville and exchanging it for gunpowder and medicines to sell to the Confederate Army. Within a few years, the price of cotton soared from 16 cents to more than $1.25 a pound.
0: What? Yeah, we're talking Yikes. big bucks Yeah, 16 to over a dollar That's a lot to handle, man Especially at the time Right But even just like the the uh, proportional increase Right That's astronomical yeah.
1: But as Hunt pointed out The cross-border trade was always hampered by bandit attacks And high Mexican tariffs It was not nearly the lifeline the Confederacy had hoped it would be Neither was Brownsville a hotbed of secessionist fervor no cotton was grown in the Rio Grande Valley uh, back then. There were just seven slaves in the entirety of Cameron County. Oh my God! What are we doing? Those poor guys.
0: Yeah, just seven guys. They're Let like, them.
1: well, fuck us, I guess. Yeah. Like, jeez.
0: <laughs> right? Just seven guys. Not even ten guys. You poor bastards. Not even a dozen guys. Mm.
1: But <sighs> when the U.S. Army seized control of the Mississippi River in. July of 1863 splitting the Confederacy in two Texas was effectively closed off to the sputtering rebel economy
0: I mean good I suppose yeah
1: Brownsville was therefore only a symbolic prize but Barrett had broken Wallace's gentleman's agreement not to march on the town and he would pay
0: just leave it alone why did he want this so bad
1: I'm continuing with the same article because this guy wrote it incredibly and do it I did not see his name on the article. and
0: What was the, um, you said the website, right? Yeah, the
1: art, it was from the uh, Texas Texas Observer. Got it. I have it right here. Perfect. Let's look again real quick, because no, if right. I can find his name, he deserves. Sure. sure. Ah, Tom Zollner. There we go. Uh, Tom, well done. Yeah, good job, man. I didn't see your name up there. It was right in front of me the entire time. Yep. So, uh, continuing with Mr. Zollner's article. Despite the illogic of the pride in play, Ford was, local, was likely having the time of his life on the morning of May 13th when he sent men out to haunt, halt the Union advance. It wasn't the first time he had seen an incursion along this road. His forces had beaten back an earlier federal attempt on July 30th, 1864. This time, he was aided... By the incompetence of his adversary, Colonel Barrett, who had unified his columns and was advancing at dawn into the Confederate rifle fire.
0: Oh, my God.
1: The march was hot, slow, and dangerous.
0: And stupid.
1: It was all walk and fight. Walk and fight, said Berjou.
0: What did I say it was?
1: Berjou, Berjou.
0: You chose Berjou, Berjou. Okay.
1: It was an all-land movement, which was their mistake. As you can see, there's no place to hide. They had to lie flat in the chaparral. The closer Barrett's line drew to Brownsville, the more he cut himself off from his supply base. Morale among his 500-man force was waning. It was around 3 p.m. when Rip Ford arrived on the field with 12-pound artillery guns and caissons trundling behind him. The Confederates... Got a new burst of energy. Men, Ford yelled, we have whipped the enemy in previous fights and we can do it again. Whew. He ordered a flank attack, which struck Barrett's men from the north, a, tecti- a tactic that had always worked against the Comanche. And dozens of Texans screamed the rebel yell for the last time. Coordinated artillery fire and a cavalry charge add to the blanket of confusion, confusion surrounding the hapless Union soldiers. Never before had these Federals, veterans or rookies, been more unready for battle than now, according to Tucker. Union soldiers, both white and black, were driven to the banks of the Rio Grande, where incredibly French soldiers, then occupying Mexico under the puppet Emperor Maximilian, (laughs) began taking potshots at them from across the river.
0: I want to know so much about that.
1: It's so bizarre. At least a few French officers were said to be on the north side of the Rio Grande, helping the Confederates aim their cannons.
0: There's so much going on. I'm so excited.
1: (laughs) The casualties were never accurately counted. I can't imagine why. But there were reports of blue uniformed corpses choking the river.
0: Oh, I don't like that
1: description at all. The Union lost up to 30 soldiers that day. And I feel like that has to be just like... Well, we only got 30 names, so...
0: Right, because 30 is not... We've been losing hundreds of thousands of people in this war. Yeah. 30 seems like nothing.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, the Civil War was the bloodiest battles in, like...
0: I mean, it was... Ever. There's no there's no bigger war for America until World War I. Yeah. And then two just blows off the charts, but, like, yeah, this is... But, I mean, oh just the God. loss of
1: sheer life in single battles was right. incredible. Oh, yeah, we...
0: Exactly, we knock people out so fast.
1: So I feel like, it's like, well, we only got 30 names. Because this apparently was, I mean, if they're if they're choking, corpses are choking up the river. There's a lot of there's bodies. There's more than 30 bodies. Correct. Especially the Rio Grande. So. Uh-huh. That's a big river.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, it is.
1: But anyways, that's what we got to work with here. Got we it. Lost up to 30 soldiers that day uh, compared... To none for the Greys, the Confederates.
0: Well, They had cover.
1: And Barrett was immediately held up for blame. The Union guy. Got it. One of his men wrote to a Nashville newspaper that the young colonel had ordered a foolish attack to establish for himself some notoriety before the war closed.
0: Fucking asshole.
1: Palmito's ranch, second day of fighting, coincided with the day that Texas governor agreed to the surrender of the state of Texas, and Brownsville was quietly passed to the control of the U.S. Army just three days after the last shots were fired. Barrett uh, tried to shift attention from himself by calling out a court-martial against a junior officer before disappearing to Indiana and in a failed political career. He left some gracious words of praise for his African-American troops who had refused to panic under heavy fire. Ford retired to a Quiet life as a newspaper editor. There were reasons, on both sides, that made it preferal, preferable to forget the battle, and so it was concluded. Historian T. R. Farenbach. The Union was embarrassed about the ingloriousness of the pointless carnage, and the Confederates drew some pride in giving Yankee interlopers one last licking.
0: What a waste of time for everyone involved! It
1: happened in the twilight hours of dying, a dying national dream.
0: What a waste of fucking time uh, Yeah, so frustrating
1: The let me read the phrase that I really felt like drove it home okay so a historian named Bruce Catton called it the final lonely meaningless little spatter
0: god I didn't know I could be so mad what, right? a, what, a, what a waste of everyone's time is a mess. The, the unions won, but you gave the South a reason to be like, we're still fucking badass, but they still lost, so it doesn't achieve anything. They get to hold their chins up a little bit higher, and then you're like, well, you know what I do after you do a good thing? You move to fucking Indiana. What a waste of life. What a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Idiot, stupid colonel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, why? No, you're right dumb yeah dumb so
1: this is where i want to give us a little reprieve okay from all the civil war <laughs> history i love it it's okay because i got more history i need to cover Good. before we really get to where i want to be
0: i'm excited and i'm fine but there's a
1: lot of history going on here and uh i want to clear up where i'm going with this that's fine let's do it just to make it a little clearer i appreciate that there's a lot of tragedy in this place very much so uh where have we gone with tragedy before? Do you know off the top of your head? We've gone a few places, but... Just,
0: just where we have gone?
1: Yeah, where we have gone. The first one show. that comes to my
0: mind are skinwalkers.
1: Oh, we're not going there. Okay. Oof, we don't even say that
0: anymore. Yeah, don't, I didn't <laughs> say it. The, um, the, the thing. But I mean, tragedy is always the source of hauntings. Um, usually, usually hauntings, Yes, yeah. Spirits, traumatic deaths.
1: You nailed it. Brownsville, Texas it cons- is considered the most haunted town in Texas. Ah oh, shit. It has experienced multiple wars, which we've already covered. Yes. Battles. Same thing. Yes. Massive hurricanes uh, with floods. Ah uh, yeah. And famine. Yikes. So outside of war, we're gonna talk about a little bit of famine. Okay. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, you wanna get into that?
0: Yeah, sounds fun. I'm excited.
1: Yeah. So that's of people starving.
0: Well, I guess
1: famine. Yeah, famine and uh, plague, I should say. What? Yeah. Wow, I just... I left uh, jumped, part of that phrase out.
0: Jumped it up a little bit, huh?
1: Yeah, because that's what we're going to talk about right now. Yikes. I mean, everybody gets hungry. Mm-hmm. You don't get the plague, though, you know. Not not always. <laughs> you know, sometimes you do. <laughs> Some Hopefully weeks. not you, anyone listening to this. Don't get the plague of no, any sort.
0: Avoid the plague.
1: It was another great tragedy that permanently scarred the community. The most, perhaps, one that. It was another great tragedy that permanently scarred the community, the most, perhaps, one that couldn't be seen. A silent killer that stalked the streets both day and night and spread fear and panic and. Wow. Logan Hawks. Getting a little redundant here, but That's it was a good written article. All right. Other than this. Fear and panic and fear among the residents of the River City.
0: Fear and panic and fear? Yeah. Jesus, so they... Is they, no, were is,
1: very, is there, they were very afraid. Is there a lot of
0: fear going on here? Yeah. God, they sound afraid. They sound afraid, scared, and afraid.
1: They were very afraid. <laughs> the year was 1882, and Fort Brown, long a, a military post on the banks of the Rio Grande. Yes was still a thriving center for military activity. Makes sense. For one, the U.S. Army Hospital located at the fort was considered one of the best. It must have brought great pleasure to young Army Surgeon Lieutenant William Gorgas, freshly assigned to such a prestigious facility. Gorgas was a new-age physician for his time, a scientist as much as a doctor, and may not have been... An accident that he arrived about the same time as the Great Yellow Fever outbreak. Oh, oh no. Yeah.
0: That's not good fever.
1: Defying orders to refrain from treating the sickened because he had never had a brush with the disease and therefore was not immune, Gorgas spent rel- relentless nights and days treating the afflicted. Worse, in the eyes of his commanders, Gorgas was conducting post-mortem studies on diseased victims. Mm. Uh uh-uh. oh. When his ex- experiments were uncovered, he was arrested, and very narrowly escaped a court martial by explaining his research, an effort he said to thwart the disease, if not develop a permanent cure. Have we addressed it on the show at all? How weird doctors were, like a couple hundred years ago.
0: I feel like it's come up in passing, but I don't think we've discussed how often. Yeah, I don't think we've ever talked about how they would raid graves, steal bodies, dissect whatever they could get a hold of. Yeah, no, I don't think we have it either. No, but But, I think we both know. Yeah. Because like human bodies, they needed to find them, they needed to learn stuff. Yeah. So. But
1: it was a weird thing back hundreds of years ago, or like this is 170 years ago at this point. Yeah. 60. '60, Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, whatever. Um, Yeah, we didn't know anything. Modern medicine was way different.
0: It's so advanced. Like, we talked about, you know, it took us on the, the journey of robots and our potential future and where the hell that could be lead. But you talked about Moore's Law. As far as medicine goes, I feel we've done that. Like, we're, we've, like imagine nowadays compared to even 100 years ago. And then, like you said, picture 150 years ago. Oh, yeah. We've come uh, so far. Wildly different. It's not that long ago.
1: What I... Go to a doctor at all in the 1800s?
0: The answer probably, probably sh- not. No, you.
1: Honestly, you're gonna cut my leg off and I'm gonna die probably anyway. So I'm just gonna stay home.
0: God, I don't. <laughs> I no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there. Well, there's. I man, was it? What was it? When um, because McKinley was assassinated, right? Or he just died? Shit. Bad time to test my knowledge right now. Yeah, it's bad time. No, but the point is, uh, there's been people who have been shot in the past who have refused doctor treatment and lived a whole life with bullets inside them and there's people who have been shot and then when doctors dug in with their hands to try and pull out the bullets they have been affected and they have died Yeah. so it was safer to just go home and try and heal with a bullet inside you than have someone try and pull it out yeah. is my point
1: yeah things were different
0: they were different, is a good one. Now,
1: if you get shot, I would say go to a doctor.
0: Please go to a doctor. <laughs> Please go to a doctor.
1: But, maybe, uh, maybe
0: tell the police who shot you, unless it's a private matter.
1: Not. If it's a, that's up to you.
0: I mean, <laughs> I just want you to be healthy. Yeah. Be alive. Yeah. Be here. Be known. Be safe.
1: Anyways, uh, Gorgas had alienated his superiors and. The damage to his service record had been done. Carving the dead was a paramount to heresy in their eyes. Of course it was. Which is what we just kind of talked about. Uh And eventually he was reassigned to Cuba where he continued his research into yellow fever. This time more careful to conceal his unusual postmortem practices. Eventually Gorgas confirmed that yellow fever and many other diseases were being borne by mosquitoes. And it was his sanitizing efforts to eradicate mosquito populations that eventually led to the control of the disease worldwide. So... He was out of something.
0: So bad. <laughs> <laughs> he might have known what he was trying to do. He might have. He's an, he's a goddamn hero. But
1: no? Bef- well, well, no, he, All right. he He is. I just didn't go any further into no, that. No, that's fine. Because I had to stay on topic here, man.
0: I believe you. Trust I'm, me. I believe you.
1: When you get to where I was trying to go to, you'll understand.
0: No, I... You, <laughs> you have my complete attention. You have no idea how excited I am.
1: <laughs> but before that could happen, yes. where Gorgas confirmed you know all that stuff and he saves the world... I'm
0: trying to figure stuff out. The death toll
1: in Brownsville continued to mount.
0: Oh, God. Over
1: the course of two years, over 3,500 soldiers and as many civilians... Had succumbed to the Ugh. disease there,
0: so we're like we're like po- putting Thousands. past like like six thousand people, like seven thousand people. Yep, yikes!
1: At one point, so rapidly, um, the bodies were first being buried in shallow graves. As grave diggers couldn't keep up with the demand. Eventually, the community turned to mass body burnings no. to help prevent
0: the spread of the disease. That's the ultimate sign of we give up, mm. we give up. Just burn them. I mean, it's hard. No, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying that's how intense it was. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, well, we want to build, we want to dig a hole and put them in there and have a ceremony. Nope. But we get 80 more people to, all right, put them in the pile.
1: Yeah, just throw them in there. Let's burn them. All
0: right. Well, if, all right, okay. We're going to burn them. But what if we're all going to hold hands? It'll make it better. Let's hold hands. And there's 80 people on fire right now. It's fine. It doesn't smell great. Nah, no, probably. Your, yeah. plug your nose, but I'm, both my hands are being held. Well, yeah, well, you plug my nose. Oh, there goes shit. The... And I'm holding your hand. Well, there goes Nana. And shit. Now... <laughs> Oh fuck. Um uh,
1: So on Fort Brown, an official cemetery became so crowded that soon bodies were being burned, buried at the fort's parade grounds. Oh my. Often in makeshift graves, soldiers were buried with all their clothes and personal belongings, and often their rifles, all in an effort to remove anything that might harbor the deadly virus.
0: They're trying to figure it out.
1: So the serious yellow fever ep- epidemic finally began to slow about 1890, and it would return again in a few years. But after another and unusual development at the fort involving an all-black soldier brigade, brigade uh, commonly referred to at the time as Buffalo Soldiers, and an incident involving civilian shootings, Fort Brown was finally abandoned near the turn of this century. Oh, my God. I looked into that a little bit. It was basically, I don't know, a bunch of locals just trying to frame, frame the black dudes. They used the same cartridges as the military and all
0: this stuff. So trying to make it the Buffalo Soldiers be bad guys. Right. You know what's not shocking about the South? That... Yeah, well, yeah. It's not, not not surprising.
1: But so it was a mess and it
0: sounds like a mess.
1: Yeah, and I mean not that I want to brush that off, but like I got things I gotta cover here. No, so you, you, right. Absolutely. We're gonna continue on. Sure. Uh it was finally abandoned near the turn of the century though. The war department then ordered the exhumation of all military remains at the Fort's National Cemetery. Oh my god. And they were removed reburial at another national cemetery in Pineville, Louisiana.
0: Oh, okay. All right.
1: Included were the remains of Mexican-American-era soldiers, both Confederate and U.S. Civil War soldiers, and other notable military servicemen, including thousands who died during the Yellow Fever outbreak. So you got about 60 years worth of soldiers.
0: Oh, my God. Can you imagine digging those bodies up? I can't. They're gone.
1: But the operation was contracted to a private citizen who was to be paid for each body resumed, repackaged in new coffins, and shipped to Louisiana. A provision also allowed the contractor to keep the headstones on the graves, or he did so without authority and subsequently sold many of them to be used as building materials when the city experienced a growth surge after the turn of the century.
0: He used headstones to build buildings? Yep. Well, I can't think of anything more American than that. <laughs> well, hey, there's the entrepreneur. <laughs> that's what exactly. Ah, uh, that's exactly what I thought. Well, the bodies are gone. of this piece of rock. You want to build a? Okay, I'll. Okay, I'll be part of my kitchen. It's fine.
1: As such, many historical headstones became the cornerstones and foundations of many of the existing buildings in Brownsville today.
0: Hey, you know what? I know you're telling me a thing, and I don't know where we're going. But you know what? Doesn't <laughs> sound haunting to me. Use someone's gravestone to build a building. Yeah. Sounds fine. That's fine. Sounds okay.
1: To make matters worse...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that possible at this point?
1: During the exhumation, it was difficult to sort the bones of the deceased, oh especially those buried in common graves or burned on great bonfires.
0: <laughs> oh my God, you think?
1: Not concerning himself with those bone, whose bones made it into whose grave, the contractor simply... Loaded bones into boxes and shipped them to their final resting place.
0: I shouldn't be laughing.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: it's terrible. <laughs> but I mean, he was paid government dollars to move bones. He's like, whatever, fuck it. I got bones. Mm-hmm. It's like, he's like, who's getting paid tonight?
1: <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So to this day, stories are told in Brownsville about how the dead walk the streets and spirits and apparitions appear and disappear in the balmy night, especially around the old fort, which is now occupied by the University of Texas Brownville campus.
0: What? It's a college now. Do they have the old fort or is this on that same premises? Uh, a little bit of both. Shit. Mm-hmm. That college is fucked. Don't go to that college. That college is fucked. Don't do that.
1: Yeah. So don't.
0: We're going. We're going
1: through a lot of setup here, though. But uh, like, this topic I wanted to research. I'm still getting there.
0: I'm on board. I'm.
1: I was. I'm, it was such a simple thing, but it became such a complex thing.
0: Hey Do you want to know something? Yeah. I'm not. I'm. I'm in.
1: Oh, I mean, we're you, doing it. You know how this
0: goes. I do you, know how you this goes this with me. I do. God, do I do it? And I'm so excited that these are the things you just started to get into. I'm so happy. It's like,
1: do you need to intro your story about this weird thing? God, I... because yeah. you're gonna do like a whole, you're gonna do a
0: dissertation, essentially. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, you know what? I think I do.
1: So in 2003, the book titled "The Ghosts of Fort Brown." An informal study of Brownsville folklore and parapsychology was published. Uh, writers from the book included many faculty, staff, and administrators from the school. In the morgue where the army doctor conducted his experiments, we have uh, a couple more quotes we're going to roll through.
0: Badass, let's do it.
1: Yeah. And this is again from Logan Hawke's. It's a different article, though. It's called The Ghosts of Old Fort Brown. But uh, many now claim the building is haunted. By whom or what, no one can say. But according to the official website, many unexplainable things have happened here, such as electrical appliances being activated by themselves, objects such as small bags of potato chips once leaped into the air, an employee has felt tugging on her hair, and a presence is regularly felt. Hmm. Gorgas Hall I believe that was the name of the uh, doctor Got Oh
0: shit, okay
1: Which houses the I'm not going to say all these letters But the administration department of the school <laughs> Is another <laughs> building with a ghostly past And not surprisingly considering the hall was once The, uh, the Fort Hospital Yikes! Students, faculty members, and university staff have all reported a number of odd happenings, including facing faces looking out the windows at night, doorknobs that turn by themselves, a spectral doctor,
2: mm-hmm. nurse,
1: and a woman clad in black, and even assorted noises, smells that just, just seem to originate out of nowhere. Interesting. Ghost hunters have re- photographed. What they call little orbs of light floating in and around the hall And visitors have often described unusual sensations When walking the halls of the old hospital Continuing through the school The old guardhouse, Another structure said to be haunted Is also used as commissary Just after the turn of the 20th century According to the, web, the website The website being um, the school's website Got it. Was built in 1904 The basement has metal graded cell gates Where prisoners were held It's now used as an art
0: building Oh fancy
1: So with a twist Many ghost stories originate in this building And a lot of grief Has been heaped upon students Who return to find that Their art projects were missing or damaged After being left overnight in the basement <sighs> That would suck It would suck right
0: Waste of, that's another waste of time.
1: Yeah, hours. Yeah, maybe. Days. Who knows? Days. Cold chills, the sensation of being touched, strange orbs, faint voices, or the feeling of being watched by persons who are alone in the building have all been reported. Sounds such as metal scraping I have been heard outside the building. Continuing on to the library. Oh, God. What's in there? The library... Um, is where the the book that I'm quoting uh, comes from, The Ghost of Fort Brown. And they answer uh, some questions like, is the library haunted? There's the story of the janitor who was frightened beyond measure when he opened the library's exterior door only to be confronted by a regiment of mounted cavalry. Soldiers were marching across the parade grounds nearby.
0: Hello. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, whoops. Um, do I, can I leave? Former
1: senior assistant librarian Yolanda Gonzalez was often fond of putting together the unusual stories of ghosts that haunted the labr- library and the f- old Fort Brown structures. So noted was her knowledge of the lore in the area that she became known as Ghost Lady.
0: No one should call anyone Ghost Lady. No, it's a pretty
1: terrible nickname. You guys should have worked on that a little. Even bit. if you think
0: she's yeah, if you think she's badass and she knows about ghosts, you should not call her Ghost Lady. No, I could think if give me once. What's a cooler name? Ghost Dog. <laughs> you gonna call the one Ghost Dog? <laughs> double D A double G. Though. Oh, Ghost Dog. Yeah. I was thinking, like, is she? Did is she a doctor? I don't know, or a teacher? <laughs> Can she be pr- Professor Ghost or Doctor Ghost? I don't think she was. I think she was just a librarian.
1: So then I didn't go deep into her, uh, you know, her biography. Though. So
0: I would even accept Ghost Gal.
1: I still like Dog, D-O-double-G or D A W G. You
0: have to specify it's W G or G G. Double G. Because if it's just normal G, no, that's double lame. G then. Double G. W-G. If you had to pick, that's your preference. <laughs> yes. All right. Well. But,
1: but. Ghost dog. Ghost lady. Ghost dog.
0: <laughs>
1: ghost she dog. She often told stories about the ghosts <laughs> that haunt the campus, including one about a man who led her to an area trampled by horses' hooves. Oh, wow. I said that weird. Trampled by Wait, horses' is a, hooves. I just
0: imagine a student going, hey, ghost dog, can you tell me a story about this? <laughs>
1: <laughs> she's like dog the bounty hunter right but she's ghost dog so
0: badass yeah yep just like ghost just like ghost the bounty hunter that's not a guy <laughs>
1: <laughs> so one man yes leads her to an area trampled by horse hooves and shows her an old army shirt button he found there the late bruce aiken a well-known historian examined it and confirmed it was indeed authentic all right. Other people have reported seeing a young girl on the second floor About nine years of age Wearing an out of fashion dress A lot of people say Victorian era Could be One person claimed this girl followed him home Paranormal investigators claim there is also a malevolent Spirit of an adult male ghost on the second floor as well Don't like that and They've seen dark shadows moving within the building Not a fan of that Mm-mm So, I have another article that interviews the librarian, if you want me to keep going on some ghost stories here.
0: I do. Yeah? Yes. Let's do it.
1: All right. So, this is from the Brownsville Herald. The article was in 1996, and it was uh, came from Marcial Guajardo, but it interviewed the librarian, Ghost Dog, directly. With a lot of her stories, so we'll just, we'll just roll through them
0: here. I would love you to. Let's do it.
1: One summer over... Uh, this is uh, the interview, so this yes. is all from Got Ghost it. Dog. I'm Ghost Dog now.
0: You're Ghost... <laughs> That's a quote I have on the internet forever. <laughs> you going, I am Ghost Dog now. <laughs> I am Ghost Dog now.
1: <laughs> One summer over 20 years ago, the custodians working the late shift at Texas Southmost College had gathered outside the library... For their usual late-night supper, the library clock had just chimed, signaling the coming of the midnight hour. Oh! The two gates surrounding the water fountain, where they ate, were locked shut so there would be no interruptions that night, or so they thought. Oh, shit. Before they could finish their food, they were surprised by a terribly distressed woman walking quickly toward them in a long black dress. Gonzalez said upon reaching the group, she frantically told them she needed to find the hospital nearby. One custodian asked her which hospital she was looking for, Mercy Hospital, which is now Brownsville Medical Center, or Valley Regional Medical Center. Gonzalez said the woman puzzled by the question said simply she needed to find the hospital. The now puzzled custodians opened a gate and pointed her towards the nearest hospital and watched her leave in a hurry. After she left, they began to wonder about the incident. How did she get in? With the gates locked, why was she in such a hurry? What hospital should she have been looking for? Later, they learned that the, there was a hospital much closer than where they sat down for their dinner, than Mercy or Valley. A hospital had once been located where the college sat. One of the college's administrative buildings had been a hospital used for military troops stationed at Fort Brown in the 1800s. We talked about that.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: The college moved into the building post-World War II. Okay. A black and white spotted dog has been seen around town on several instances. Gonzalez said it is friendly. Gonzalez, ghost dog. I'm ghost dog.
0: You are ghost dog.
1: It is friendly and has been known to walk up close to people. The only way to recognize the dog, or any ghost for that matter, is by checking to see if it casts shadow. Does it? Just three weeks ago, a custodian working the midnight shift told her of an incident involving a library book cart. Uh-oh. The heavy cart, made out of metal and loaded down with books, rolled across the room at an unusually quick pace, while the custodian stuck in, stood in shock nearby.
0: Don't like it. Don't like that at all. Other
1: custodians have reported seeing heavy library doors swinging open and closed, and some have even seen students roaming the halls long after the library... Is closed
0: I don't like that card shit That's not good
1: Yeah so Ghost dog Being me right now
0: You are ghost dog
1: <laughs> Believes She herself Has literally come Eye to eye With the supernatural She was inside The college art building A few years ago Preparing for an art exhibit That was to ex- Open to the public When she felt a cold Shimmer come over her Chill Not shimmer I don't know why I said shimmer She felt a cold chill She's... Come over her
0: because I imagine something kind of sparkly.
1: I mean, it's kind of the same thing.
0: You feel it. It's
1: like a visual. It feels. A, a, yeah.
0: If you feel a chill, it feels sparkly. It feels sharp. Yeah, it's, like, oh. it's not good.
1: You don't like it. No, not really. When she looked up, a million floating eyes were staring at her. She no,
0: said. no, no. She
1: dashed out of the building. Back. No, no. And was met by a coworker who asked her what was wrong. Not wanting to draw attention to herself, Ghost Dog simply said she was feeling ill and needed to leave.
0: Well, thank God. I thought you were going to say she turned to her coworker who had a million eyes. Like, no. No, 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 no. We're not going there, at least. No, no, no. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. So. Yes.
1: The story that really pulled my attention to this place, though, (laughs)
0: was what because i'm in there's a lot of good stories here
1: it came from my title of the show um monsters and mysteries in america okay which is a discovery whatever the fuck that channel is called it's not Discovery channel discovery america maybe i don't
0: know that sounds like i know that name
1: title that really grabbed me and I was like I want to learn more about this was called Brownsville Zombie Soldiers What do
0: you think about that (laughs) I got a lot of thoughts Oh my god That's what happened Yeah Of course it did that makes so much sense (laughs) Because why wouldn't you want To find everything out About zombie soldiers
1: Yep so here we are
0: the zombie soldiers are here.
1: I wanted to know about the Brownsville, Texas zombie soldiers. God. And I, I hope everyone listening to now that I've finally gotten it out, I should have just said Brownsville, Texas zombie soldiers right at the beginning of the episode. No,
0: no, no. Honestly, <laughs> no. This journey had to happen. Uh. Because, God, no. The history fucking matters. It does. Because if you were just like, I'm talking about Zombie Soldier tonight. I'd be like, cool. Now I'm like, yeah, (laughs) cool. Yeah, Mm -hmm. okay. Because now in my head, I'm like, after everything you've told me, I'm like, which no one should say this about any of these topics, but like, (laughs) that makes sense. Yeah. I get it. Uh Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes everything, that's reasonable. Yeah, Ghost Dog. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, cool. (laughs) Ghost Dog may have been involved. That's fair. (sighs) Yeah, I believe this. This makes sense. This is logic.
1: So, I'm going to read you my interpretation of watching that episode yes. of uh so this is all me. I wrote this do it, but uh
0: yeah we're going to talk about some zombie soldiers. please talk about zombie soldiers
1: in the summer of nineteen eighty five A pair of high school sweethearts had just moved in together hmm. Barb and Cameron Dexter were married and had begun their lives together see. Young age of 18 Ooh I mean That's a thing Cameron got a job With a trucking company And would go on Long trips To pay his bills Their bills Family bills Family bills But uh Occasionally Barb Would accompany Cameron on trips You know Keeping company
0: Sounds fun I mean Yeah It can sound fun
1: I mean It's a road trip Essentially Right when you're doing it day to day, I can imagine it gets kinda of right. tedious. But
0: that's what I said it can sound fun because like if that's your work and like you can bring your wife to work and like you're just driving around hanging out and exploring places. That doesn't sound bad. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Uh-huh. I can get
1: it I can get it that it gets maybe tedious, but I don't know. They were eighteen in love and uh one day on the road they end up in Brownsville. <sighs> where Cameron is set to uh he's set to pick up a load there, you know. While waiting, they decide to drive down some back roads and find a secluded place to sleep a few hours. Debate, maybe.
0: Debate. God, they're doing so much. You know they're doing so much. You know how much debating you can do at 18? (laughs) (laughs) Lots
1: of debating. Yeah, so maybe they were doing a couple debates, you know, listening to the radio. Uh,
0: 85, a lot of good songs. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There was a lot of good songs. Even just thinking pop. Yeah. But uh, Cam- Cameron uh, had a sleeper cab for his truck. And it was his pride and joy uh, from what Barb says. And he loved his truck. Someone, this gets a little vague, but sure. someone, possibly the owner before him, Barb, who is the interviewer I watched and like listened to, was a little unclear, but she said... There was a big sticker on the the side door. And it was a Confederate flag.
0: Hmm. All right.
1: Maybe not Cameron. Don't know. Maybe it was the dealer. Who knows? Could be. It was vague. So I'm not I'm not putting anything on anybody. So uh-huh. regardless of that. Yes. While in the uh In the bunk of the sleeper cab, the young couple hears a bang against the side of the door, right Right. against the truck door. Okay. Cameron tries to shrug it off, but Barb is uneasy and asks him to go see who it is. Perhaps an angry neighbor that didn't want them parked on their property or near their property. You know, they saw it from a distance. Could be. They thought they were in the middle of nowhere, you know, safe from prying eyes, but maybe not. Cameron went and got out of the vehicle Barb follows Not wanting to wait in the truck by herself The couple together Sees a figure in the a Couple figures in the distance They call out But receive no response A light in the darkness Catches their attention And they begin heading towards it The closer they get The more figures they see they began they began hearing voices all around them. No. They sounded like voices were close, but just distant enough that words couldn't be made out. Shouting, screaming? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. The figures moving in the dark grew closer. They appeared to be wearing dark uniforms, soldiers' uniforms. The soldiers began closing in around the couple. They flee back to the safety of the truck cab. Where the army of undead soldiers presses in closer. Eventually, they were at the truck, reaching out and battering the truck with bloody fists.
0: Jeez! Oh my god!
1: Cameron threw the truck in gear and drove out of there as fast as he possibly could. The next morning, they thought perhaps it had been a nightmare. You know, stayed up late driving on the road. Who knows?
0: Right? Who does at this point? But
1: upon getting out and inspecting the truck, the exterior of the truck, uh, it had been very real. Hundreds of bloody handprints coated the truck. No. Yeah. Uh, so this is what? the big. This is the big story that kind what? of broke what? this. But there are reports of others finding bloody handprints on vehicles in and around the Brownsville area.
0: Are you going to tell me about these? No. Okay. Just,
1: there's bloody handprints on cars (laughs) and stuff. Yikes. Bergeau, the historian I had mentioned earlier, said that when he was doing his research, heard the sounds of cannon and rifle fire while walking the battlefield. Some still say that soldiers ride through Brownsville on skeletal horses with skull and bone horsemen.
0: What a mess.
1: Some see ghosts looking for their corporeal remains while walking the grounds of the college campus. Oh, my God. A lot of ghost hunters go here, and they report weird phenomena on their cameras and such. I bet. Nothing uh, definitive, but a lot of weird stuff. Beginning in October (laughs) Yes You can go on ghost tours in Brownsville Interesting Look it up Huh Look uh right. From what I saw They're ten bucks a person That's If you're not part of the uh, Local I don't remember what it was Local government Type thing about doing tours Sure So ten bucks You can book a quick trip though and if you do Let us know about it Oh my god Because Brownsville Sounds Haunted It has to be man Yeah I mean The Satanicos Operated out of there too is Which it, is another episode That we did Three months ago Two months ago It was a while ago
0: It was a chunk of change It feels more recent Than probably it was But yeah But it's a chunk of change But
1: creepy Creepy stuff
0: as if that place needed any more bad juju. Yep. Oh my God! Right, and the um, if we want to invoke the Los um, Narcos Satanicos. So even ignoring that, mm-hmm. all this civil war battles and war and death and humans not sacrifice but study has been going on here. You combine it with that. Oh yeah, it's hard. too much Fuck. going on. It's too much, man. It's all the recipes of bad news.
1: Yeah, so I I literally wanted to uh just look into Texas zombie soldiers. And here you go. Oh my god, I have no words. You get some Civil War backstory. Oh, it's amazing. But it's definitely haunted or something. Something's going on there.
0: I mean I don't I can't say hauntings is science.
1: No, you can't. But
0: You really can't. But if it was
1: But I mean if If it was, we've got a recipe down. We do. Yeah. And uh, the fact that they see soldiers wearing dark, dark blue, and these soldiers from centuries past.
0: Yeah, centuries. Who knows
1: how many hundreds of, you know, those stats may be padded. I don't know. But a lot of Union soldiers died post When they needed to, so who knows what's going on there? Think for a recipe for a haunting. Sounds like a good one to me right there, without all the added other stuff.
0: Can you? Oh, sorry.
1: Well, but then you get all the other added stuff, and it's like, well,
0: yeah.
2: Mm. It's
0: like, mm. I mean, all I was going to say is, can you imagine being a Union soldier, then dying? You're like,
1: oh, shit, we won. Cool.
0: And then finding out, like...
1: Wait, you want me to go round up cattle? Like, what? Oh, wow. Why am I marching into rifle fire right now? I thought we were getting cows.
0: And we're done. It's it's mood time. Yep. Oh. Oh, now I'm dead. Oh, that's my body. Oh, it's in the rear ground. Oh, that's fun.
1: Oh, now it's moved. Interesting. Because... You know, they just threw me into a mass grave and burned me.
0: You know, like most of those bod- most of those bones, like aren't my bones. Like you have my jaw and like my femur, mm-hmm. like a ribcage. Like that's not me. That's not all me. That's but you. Oh god,
1: that's pretty. Uh, it's pretty heavy shit. It is heavy shit. But there you go, zombie soldiers of Brownsville, Texas. <laughs> Reaction. How much more civil war you talk you want?
0: Oh man, I never stopped thinking about the civil war. And that was wild because I didn't Oh my God. It's just what a waste of time. Yeah, it was I mean, a big waste
1: of time. Oh God. All the poor bastards involved. Everyone.
0: Just people obeying orders, doing their thing. Now, like, they didn't he, even have orders.
1: He was like, "Oh, let's go get some cows
0: That's what I mean. Oh yeah, <laughs> obeying the fake orders or the made up orders or whatever the fuck we're doing. Yeah. Then you have other group of soldiers like, hey, coming to get us. We're gonna fucking shoot them. Uh huh. They have no cover. It's kind of dumb to be walking over there. Yeah. What are they doing? Oh uh, well, I guess we're gonna shoot them. They're probably gonna die.
1: Yeah. Get the cannons up here. We All might right. as well win this thing.
0: Right. Load it up. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Confederacy owes us a thank you. Oh, oh, oh! It's oh, it's already over. <laughs> oh shit! Hmm. We killed those thirty plus guys for nothing. Well, you know what? We have honor. Thirty plus. That was me being generous mm-hmm. as, because you can't clog the river Grande unless it's very narrow at that point with thirty bodies. But then again, thirty bodies is a lot of mass. I mean, but to, but to clog a river. Hmm. I mean, it's a
1: big river. Right. I've never thrown 30 bodies into a river, but I don't know. No,
0: I, I also have not, just to be clear. Yeah, well, <laughs> I can't relate.
1: Maybe we need some research before we start throwing out facts well, or whatever the fuck we're doing.
0: Just <laughs> make some discoveries. Yeah. Let's make some discoveries.
1: I mean, the canal's 60 feet wide. How feet deep? Six. It's not that deep of a canal. 30 bodies are not blocking up the canal. It
0: it would be an inconvenience to the canal.
1: Yeah, it'd be an inconvenience. If it's in the same,
0: if they're all in the same spot, like conjugated, and maybe there's like a I don't know, like an like a tree in the way or something. I don't know. Maybe a down down tree branch. Something fell like yeah, a tree fell over. Like there's like a turtle or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just in the way. Yeah.
1: But, all right. Yeah. People. Go visit Brownsville and tell us about it. I got dates up here. I think it was October 6th. Let me pull it up. Uh, The 6th?
0: Oh, my God.
1: October 6th, 6 p.m. I hope this is newest. It's kind of a a rough website. I mean, it's a little old looking. But I think it's probably the town of Brownsville.
0: That makes sense.
1: And it says October 6th, 6 p.m., you get to tour the historic downtown Brownsville, the ghost hunt. October 12th, Fort Brown ghost tour. And then October 20th, Old City Cemetery walking tour. So you get uh, you get a tour guide and all that stuff. So if anybody down there is in
0: the area, do that. Let's say you're not in the area. How many hours does it take to get to Brownsville, Texas? Oh, it's just like the southern tip <laughs> well, mentioning mentioning ports makes me go oh, all right, let's see how far it is for us. I would like to find out thirty plus hours by car well, yes, let me look it up by car. uh-huh,
1: no. Not thirty plus.
0: That's well. That's promising. Twenty-one plus. Oh wow. Twenty-one and a half hour drive. It's the same. It's about, It's about the same distance it takes to get to Miami. I mean, it's
1: pretty much literally the tip of Texas. Like the bottom tip.
0: Because <sighs> that would be awesome. Yeah, we'd have to leave like now.
1: I mean it looks like it looks like two turns to me. I mean it might be two turns. <laughs> <laughs> From where I where we live, we live on one of the the biggest highways in the country. True. We do. True. Yeah, no, it says we're on I55 for 21 hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
0: We drive 5 minutes and then we're just on the same highway <laughs> for 21 hours. Yeah. Fuck. That seems You know what? That seems very doable. <laughs> At some point, yeah. holy shit! Oh no, it's not. There's more turns.
1: Yeah, there's more turns. Not a whole lot. It, it it's looked, like eight turns total.
0: It looked like a straight line. It's, and for twenty-one it's hours like of driving. Eight turns. If you turn eight times in twenty-one hours, you ain't going. That's easy. To it's drive. like
1: do this for four hours. Do All this right. for four
0: hours. Do this for four hours. But those dates are coming up. God damn it! Hmm. Brownsville, Texas. That's worth going to. Yeah, we're not making it. Well, not. Well, yeah, not, yeah, no, yeah,
1: not. No. Not at this point, I would like to check it out, though. Yeah. I mean, it sounds awesome. Terrifying. Well, awesome.
0: Well, it's on the to-do list because there's a lot of creepy places we have to go to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I can't think of a better way to see America than creepy places.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like as a purpose As like a um, MacGuffin To get going mm-hmm. There's so many Cool places to go to So many cool places In between
1: I mean we start here And we go west Till we find all the monsters And then we go back east
0: Alright but uh, Yeah man I think that's it for God Us da- tonight Zombie soldiers God damn man It was such a
1: simple topic I made it more complex It was fun though Hope you guys learned something uh,
0: It was. It was so fun when I woke up today I had no idea I was going on this journey.
1: Oh, I I I also <laughs> didn't know I was going on this journey. <laughs> but then it took me a whole day to get there.
0: It was worth it. So good. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess if you enjoy a good journey, if you enjoy a good story, if you have any supernatural journeys you've been on, you can email us at Weird and Feared Podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on the Facebook at Weird and Feared. Mm-hmm. Anchor.fm slash word and fear. If you want to leave us a crazy voice message of anything, you Go on got. the Brownsville
1: Ghost Tour and call us.
0: If you want to go on the Brownsville Ghost Tour.
1: Because we're not making that 21-hour drive,
0: unfortunately. It's not happening today. No. If it does, you'll be the first to know about it. But it's not happening tonight. No. And if you want to, yeah, follow us on the Instagram, so we're in fear. hmm All over the place. So, um...
1: Yeah, and uh, a lot of these ghost stories really come into a lot of books.
0: Yes, they do.
1: And we're trying to get a library going so we can do better research here. So, you know, if you like the show, check out our Patreon. If you don't,
0: don't check it out. That's fine. It's up to you. What country do we talk about tonight? America. America. It's your choice. Yeah. Up to you. But... You know what is also your choice? But I do think if you don't make this choice, you got to reevaluate your choices. Because if you have the option, personally, I would stay spooky.
1: Oh, yeah. Definitely stay spooky.
0: Stay spooky, guys.